friends, and <laughs> welcome to another exciting, hopefully, episode of Dungeons and Derek. This is, of course, a Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition podcast where we do an actual play. <laughs> <laughs> thought, thought it was going off the rails, but saved at the last minute. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even Got catch it. it. No, seamless. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> we'll get it in post. We bring a high right. level of professionalism. True it. True, true. Correct. Our, yeah, our main calling card is, is professionalism, and our secondary calling card is polish. <laughs> <laughs> professionalism, polish, and decor. Yeah, could not quite hit the triple alliteration, but... Uh, but decor has, has like, a upper-class feel to it. How about pump? Decorum. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. Uh. Jesus. Wait, uh, wait, my... what is, wait, what is that reaction to pump? <laughs> you, you, you tell me... Pump. I thought you said pump. pump. I thought you no. said pump, too. Yeah, we, we all heard pump. <laughs> we heard pump. <laughs> pump. Pump. <laughs> my name is, of course, Derek Letman, and I am and will continue to be your dungeon master... Uh, my dear friends, why don't you say hello? Hello. Hello. Okay, that's good. That was uh, a trio of Jess, Greg, and Stephanie, um, who, of course, are... J-J-G-S? Jess? Jugs. 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 I put a D in there. off the rails today. No. I mean, Mercury's all about them jugs, so we're... We're you don't know my you what? <laughs> um, is it useful to say your characters? Probably. Yeah, Probably. sure. I play uh, Mercury Hellbreeze. Oh God! I, my name is Jessica. I play Mercury Hellbreeze. I'm a human fighter warrior. There's that triple P. Pump cir- pump pump pump. Pump circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> Takata and Fugue in D minor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'm Stephanie. I play Elysia Ravenwood, a half-elf arcane trickster. And my name is Greg, and I play Adair McConifer, a wood elf cleric of ancient oldness. Sweet. Yeah, should we jump back into it? Jump Let's away. Jump back into it. We shall begin, as we always do, with a little recap. Upon returning from the chocolate pocket plane, our adventurers ran afoul of Kara Windblade, former pit-fighting champion turned magebuster. While Kara wasn't outwardly hostile, she saddled each of our heroes with a magical tracking device and trotted out that old detective line, don't leave town. Mercury ditched her tracker in the Chocolate River, but Adair and Elysia held on to theirs. After cleaning up, resting, and enjoying a very good meal with Tothar, the dwarven food critic, The team traveled to Brago, the Arbiter's office, to report their success and collect their reward. Brago was pleased to hear of their success, but less happy to learn that they'd run afoul of the regulators. After claiming their payment, Brago offered them another job, to recover the recently pilfered Orb of Enigmas from a wizard named Pendriel. Hot off the success of their previous endeavor, the team accepted quickly. And that's where we find them now. Well, if we're on our way to find this orb, uh, and given that we're being tracked currently, uh, I think it might actually be in our favor to go speak to the mage hunters. And if this is a stolen item, we may be able to share information and actually be on the same side as the law. All right. I know that I haven't had a lot of helpful input. I know that I'm not exactly easy to work with. 
Oh, no, Mercury, don't say such things. I'm burying the lead. You, I, I can't convince you to ditch your trackers because I, 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 just, I just don't know how it's going to serve us. If we leave them in Brago's office, how will they know? They uh. won't move. Exactly. We're lazy. We just finished a job. You saw how disappointed Brago was. We don't want to incur that kind of incur. That's a big word that I've never used before. We don't want to ever get that kind of heat on us again. Do you know what a... Chances are no. <laughs> well, if you commit a crime while committing another crime, it increases the sentence. So if we were to be ordered to keep our trackers on us and stay in town, and we were to ditch our trackers and then go commit another crime, we would very possibly be uh, looking at a lot of, you know, jail time, which... Is are not we, good. Are we on our way to commit another crime? I don't recall I don't, agreeing I don't to think commit we're a crime. Not, I think we're not not on our way to commit a crime. We're breaking into someone's residence to steal a stolen item. So that was a good dinner. Yeah. It's sticking with me. <laughs> um, so I should say at this point that um, that Brago uh, gave you kind of a folder, a dossier uh, with some some documents and some facts about about the mission you're about to embark on. Uh, I'm guessing a dare. All right, let's look in here. Is it a crime? <laughs> what does the dossier say? Dossier under C, crime. Um, hmm. <laughs> so, you know, kind of as Brago was in the interview, the, the dossier is very careful about, you know, labeling any any specific criminal acts. But the thrust of it does definitely seem to be that this is this, this is a shady deal. There's a lot of thrusting. There's a lot of pumping. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, on the one hand, our elderly friend has his point, but on the other, if we're already breaking the law, what's another little uh, foray into unlawfulness? Hmm? Alicia, I, I, I go grab, I grab her tracker and snap it in two. <laughs> oh, uh, oh. <laughs> so if you remember, these trackers are like little stone discs. If you uh, want you to never explain what they look like. Maybe I didn't. I'm not perfect, so it's going to be extremely hard to like you know break them with your pause um, okay then, wanna... then fine i grab it and find a like a loose stone in the hallway and and stick it in there for safekeeping and then re- replace the stone why don't we plant it on somebody else then we Keep will it... not know how to get it back but it's just going to stay sitting here motionless i imagine they don't they know have... about your habits i i do move occasionally they don't know you i i'm doing my idea and i take oh. it back you know, there's many examples of the arbiters doing illegal things in order to stop worse things from happening. So if breaking the law, it is often better to break it on behalf of the government with the government's permission. This is one of those places where it may not be helpful to us to ask for forgiveness rather than permission, but instead go and rescue a uh, powerful item from a bad person with the government's blessing rather than trying to break in somewhere and commit another crime and, you know, maybe get ourselves mixed up right when we're fresh off of murdering another mage. It just seems like it might be safer to try and play good. You can't be serious. I can, and I am. (laughs) You're telling me you want to go haul our ass over and tell them what we're doing. You want to tell the regulators what we're doing? Is that what is that what I'm understanding? Because again, my retention for information is very low. So please speak to me as though I didn't go to school because I didn't. That okay. does seem that like something Brago would not like. Who are we more afraid of, Brago? Brago. 
really. We're more afraid of Brago than that that champion uh, who used to wipe her feet with you. I liked her feet, okay? <laughs> her feet were some of the best parts about her. And we don't know who's seeding Brago on his ability to pay us. We don't know the, I, the, the underbelly of Axis. There is a there's one side of Axis that we all know that's that's on the up, and then there's a bottom side of the Axis that you don't know that you pray you never have to know. But imagine if we. But imagine Jack, you're not <laughs> listening to me. We could be informants. We could figure out both. We could work for the government and I figure out who Brago's working informant. for. There's I money in the Look, here's what I want. I want to go on this mission, uh, find some other object of power while we're at it, take it home, and never speak to either, either of you again. Just being clear here. I don't need to be an informant. Alicia? Hmm? I thought we were becoming friends. Um, look, yes, but... Hmm. Just because I don't want to ever talk to Adair ever again doesn't mean I felt the same way. All right, well, fine. Screw it, guys. If you want to not be like whatever this was shaping up to be, that's fine. And you know what? Maybe, maybe... Maybe I won't even no. help you in this. No, it's fine. I got not, it. I understand. The, the Just, not talking to you part wasn't really the goal. It's more of a side effect of the goal. You see? It's, no, no. Uh, I understand very fully for someone that didn't go to school. I have other things to do, like get ready for a victory. And I said, I wasted my time here. So, hey, you two, good luck with the thing that I don't know about that you have to go get. Because uh, you, you probably don't even need me. I'll see you later. And I'd like, I'd like to leave. I'm confused. <laughs> what does she have said about? I'm, I'm genuinely confused. Uh, I think that she thought hmm, that I insulted her. Hmm. Something. I, rather ironic coming from our most insulting of companions, wouldn't you say? Uh, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, yes, let's go see. after her. So Mercury, you you storm off kind of down the the winding labyrinth of hallways that took you to Brago's office um, and you throw the door open and emerge into the, the front of the cleaners, um, storm out onto the street. You know, it's filthy carts with, uh, you know, waste or, or traveling back and forth and grab. Yeah, and I, and I kick one over. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, just in case they do follow, I kick it, like, where my path was. And, and uh, since I know this part of town pretty well, mm-hmm. I'd like to, like, ditch out like down an alley quickly more quickly than they can follow after okay why don't you uh roll a stealth check <laughs> i have a disadvantage with stealth so. yes you do yeah you do well 18 actually 20 and a 12 not too bad 12 total mm-hmm. is my worst so one. um where are you trying to hide well i'm not necessarily hiding i'm just moving quickly in a way that they probably okay. can't find me because i know like you know shortcuts i know the way back home yep. to the warrior yeah, so, area so ducking into a back alley Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Adair and Alicia, um, as you go to follow Mercury, as you, as you emerge from, from the cleaner shop, um, why don't you each roll a perception check? Uh, actually, one one second. You said it's a cleaner. Is that like like a dry cleaner, like a clothing? It's kind of unclear. You didn't like see any dry cleaning accoutrement while you were in there. Um, okay. But the sign out front does say Salazar's Cleaners. I see. All right. Uh, so we're rolling a perception check? Yeah. 17. <laughs> I got a natural one. Okay. Uh let's say uh Alicia as you as you emerge from from the cleaners um you you 
bump into to a fellow who's who's frantically trying to shovel some some sort of vile substance back into a cart that he's recently righted. Uh, Adair, man, you managed to steer clear of uh, of the guy in the cart, um, and you think you just see like a flash of one of Mercury's ratty boots uh, vanishing down a side alley. Who are you calling ratty? Elisa. Uh, also, what's your name? Raven Ravenwood. Uh, my name is Elisa Ravenwood, and I have a bigger issue here right now, sir. What is this vile substance? Ah, uh, this. Well, this, sir, we don't we don't have time for this. M- it's Ms. all Raven, over me. We this need is... to catch Mercury before she goes and what? spouts her mouth off to what's to whomever is going to listen to her and get in the way of our plans. Let this man fix what he needs to fix, and we have to go after her. Sorry, sir. Have a nice day. And I pull on uh, Alicia, and uh, hopefully she follows. Okay. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pay for new rogue clothes. <laughs> At the local roguery where we get yeah. rogue clothes. <laughs> so everyone can be quickly identified that we're criminals. Yes. Uh, she went around this corner over here. Come on. I... I follow him, but I I shoot another glare back at the cart man. Um, so Mercury, you've uh, you've run down this this back alley. Um, where are you going next? I think I'm just I think I think I'm heading towards like the the back entrance of like a of a a, a, a mead shop. <laughs> not not a bar, a mead <laughs> shop. Town, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm. I'm she's about- like, they'll never look for me in a bar. Yeah, no, she's not smart, y'all. <laughs> Okay. No one ever um, said she was smart. You open the the back door of the of the mead shop, um, and out front there's a sign hanging that says mead shop, but it's like it's misspelled. Ye um, oldie <laughs> meaty shoppy. <laughs> and in the back you just see a couple like grubby, just like ancient, decrepit people with with sticks with these rusty bathtubs, um, just kind of stirring some kind of slurry um, <laughs> with sticks. Oh, you just made me vomit all over my laptop. <laughs> uh, I'm picturing uh, picturing Breaking Bad season one. One of them uh, uh, cranes her head over to Mercury and goes, uh, "Excuse me, Miss, can I help you?" I'll take a tub of that. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, this, this, is, "This isn't even remotely ready to drink. You sure we we have some bottled stuff up front?" You sure? You sure? I like to dip my head in it. <laughs> Is Mercury okay? So yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how how mead is made, but you know, it's like it's fermented honey, right? So yeah. you dip your head in and it's like I guess like gross rotting honey water. <laughs> and I, I use it to conceal my tears. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman walks over to you and delicately sits on the edge of the tub and pats your back and goes, Ah, there there, Missy. If I if I could count the number of times I've been there, it'll be all right. <laughs> But look at me today. Everything turned out okay. <laughs> you don't understand, Mom. I, I finally catch up and enter that door. Are, are these your friends? I, I can't. Yes. I can't see because I've got gunk in my eyes. I don't have friends. <laughs> yes, th- these are her friends. <gasps> Alicia. Uh, yeah. Yes, hi Mercury. Um, I, I wipe like I, I scoop like gunk out of my eyes and then I see you uh you uh ran into the, the, the muck man as well, didn't you? What? Uh I, I, I throw both of the globs in my hands oh. towards Elysia and Adair. Okay, that, that stuff's not free, you know, and it's, it's <laughs> a livelihood. 
I mean, I mean, I'm emotionally invested now, but we, we do have to pay for supplies. Uh, listen, Mercury, I didn't know that you that you liked us. Honestly, that actually makes a big difference in terms of whether I'd rather talk to you again or not. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. You should just want to. You know. Uh If I if I'm not as likable as I think I am, then what's the point? You know. Mercury, are you having some form of a crisis? Ever since we saw this, uh, this, um, this Bobo or whatever you called her, the cop, uh, you've been insane. <laughs> insane? I am not, if it's, if insane with a talent is what you mean, then you're correct. I'm just saying, is it, is it typical for you to barge into old women's mead parlors and stick your face in it? Mead parlor. <laughs> I, you don't know me well enough to know if it is something I do. No one knows me well enough to know if this is something that I do. Would no. you like to share a bottle of mead? No, you're the worst of them, Adair. You just think you're so much better than everybody else because you're old. <clears throat> Adair, let me try. Mercury, would you like to share a bottle of mead? Yes! Alright, well, let's let's go sample some of this lovely woman's fine wares. Then. No, not this. this. This is crap. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, it's not even ready. You're, you're drinking. If this, if this is what it, it starts out as, I don't want the final product. There's a phrase called knowing how the sausage is made. I don't, it's not pretty, but it turns out fine in the end. Kind of like you, maybe. <laughs> I, I pushed the old lady into the bathtub. Oh. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> She stumbles back and she's flailing her arms and I I help her out. Uh, you don't stop and... her from falling in. Oh, I mean, if I can, yeah. I sh- surely please, will. Please do, please do. I don't want to. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, I will certainly do that, uh, and I will also, uh, if we're on our way out, I will give her a gold coin to apologize for the interruption and for the wasted uh, mead. She goes, oh well. Uh... Thank, thank you, uh, sir. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope your friend turns out okay. <laughs> I, I hope she turns out in many ways, other than she currently is. But we'll, we'll we shall see. And I follow the two of them out to the next meadery. So you're back out on the street um, uh, in the Warrens now. Mm, I have, I have an idea. Okay, I have a spell that may help us figure out what to do. I think we ought to go with the police and be their uh, associates in this matter. You think we ought not. I, it's completely fair that you don't think we should. I'm going to cast a spell to determine whether or not going to the police is a good idea. Why can't we just talk about it, man? Why is everything you think the way it's gotta go? That's the, that's how this has been going. You know, that's the problem, man. No, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying How that- am I supposed to trust that the spell that you cast is going to be something that all of us can agree on? Do, do you want to cast it? Sure. All right, here. 
Uh, I take what out. What is the spell? I don't know, but I want to do it. Shh. <laughs> it's called uh, it's called augury. Okay, so I have uh, this little uh, uh, pouch of bones. So why don't you roll these bones on the ground for me, if you would? Are they uh, your bones, dude? <laughs> Where did the bones come from? <laughs> Well, where did the bones come from? That's an excellent question. So, when I was 268 years old, oh, uh, there was a dragon Never egg mind. that came Just across. Throw the bones. Uh, all right. So, uh, take the bones in your hand there, uh, Mercury, and toss them on the ground in, at your feet. Just toss them? Mm hmm. Yes. Okay. Do I shake them for? Okay, I just, I'll just throw there. They're on the floor now. Okay. So before we reveal what uh, what what omens this portends or whatever, can we get an explanation of what the augury spell does? Yes. By casting gem inlaid sticks, or rolling dragon bones, or laying ornate cards, or other divining tools, you receive an omen from an otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take uh, within the next thirty minutes. The DM chooses from the following possible omens. Wheel for good results, woe for bad results, wheel and woe for both good and bad results, and nothing for results that aren't especially good or bad. The spell doesn't take into account any possible circumstances that might change the outcome, such as the casting of additional spells or the loss or gain of a companion. If you cast the spell two or more times before completing your next long rest, there's a cumulative 25% chance for each casting after the first that you get a random reading. The DM makes this roll in secret. So, if if you would, Mercury, why don't you ask the Bones, should we work with the police? That's what I have to ask it? Would you prefer to ask, uh, should we not work with the police? I got this. Okay. <laughs> I, that, so I, I'm taking it back. I hold on to the bones, I think, really hard. And I throw the bones, and I say, are these people really my friends? Um, and Adair, I'm assuming you're the one who knows how to read the bones, right? Yes, yes. Um, actually, I don't know if this is a question for the DM. Um, you know, obviously, from a storytelling <laughs> perspective, I like it to go one way. <laughs> uh, here's the problem that we come across. Uh, the answer is yes. The bones, whether or not the bones point to yes, the answer is yes, Mercury. We are your friends. And if I'm reading the bones, you have to trust me that what I tell you is the truth. And if you don't, then even if the bones do say yes, you can't. And you don't trust me. How will you ever know that the bones say yes? Now, now wait. I did take introductory logic twice. Mm -hmm. And I do not understand what you're saying. Well, that's the problem. You took introductory logic twice. Maybe if you'd pass it the first time, you might have a handle on this. But no. Uh, I get it. I get it. It's like that time where I was supposed to fight with my friend Katara. And she said, you have to trust me. If I kick your ass, then that means that I'm go the winner. But <laughs> you're letting me kick your ass because it's for the show. But if I really kick your ass, that doesn't mean I'm better than you, but it doesn't not mean I'm better than you. It's still for the show. So what you're this saying... This sounds remarkably similar, actually. So yeah, what I, you're saying is 
whether or not you actually are my friend, I have to trust that you're going to kick my ass for the right reason. You know, you often say that you're not very smart. I think you've proven otherwise. That's a very... Don't talk about me like that! (laughs) (laughs) I'll prove you otherwise. Thank you. You are my friend. And you're my friend. Uh, Thank you. They are your friends. Okay. All right. Now I'll ask the real question. Give me back the bones. (laughs) Okay. I give you back the bones. (laughs) We should not go to the police, right? And I throw the bones down on the floor really forcefully. <laughs> Again, making this extremely hard to answer. <laughs> um, so, sorry, the, the phrasing of the question is we should not talk to the police, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So we can presume the, the, the outcome is... We go to the police. Am I giving you that if you go to the police or if you don't go to the police? uh, (laughs) I feel like wheel is don't go to the police and woe is go to the police based on the way that question was phrased. So I don't know if the bones have like different levels of emphasis, but if they do, this is very strongly emphasized. They say wheel, which means (laughs) don't go to the police. (laughs) Well, thank you. What does that mean? What does it mean? Uh, well, it means that uh, I have horrible instincts and that you both were right this whole time. I apologize. Let us Lettuce? go in secret. Oh, oh thank goodness. Wow. And All right. So anytime we need you to admit, admit something, we just pull out these bones. We ask it the question and then you just roll over. How about this? I'll do yes. one better. Oh, that's amazing. What if... What if you just admit right now, Adair, that just because you've studied for 2,000 years doesn't mean you know everything. I That is absolutely something I admit, which is why I'm here in the first place. Right. So maybe instead of rolling the bones, you could just take our input as input. Why not do both? I, 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 that's kind of counterintuitive to the point that I'm making. But sure, and while I'm here, why don't I see if this uh, nice old lady who took my go- gold coin, see if for another gold coin or two, she'll take uh, our trackers uh, and give one to her friend and um, you meet us back here after yeah, a couple of days and we can pick them back up again and pretend like we've been here the whole time. Sound reasonable? Oh, this this is sensible. Sa- Everybody's making a lot of sense. It feels strange, but I'll go with it. I knock on the door that we just came out of where the uh, old lady was recently assaulted. Hello? Oh, oh. it's you again. It is. Um, I apologize for interrupting your day yet again, but I was wondering if I could give you something to hold on to for a couple of days that I'll come back. I'll pay you for your time. Um, I just uh, wanted to apologize and figure I'll give you a small little job and payment as a as an apology for interrupting your day earlier oh well i was going to offer to do it for free but if you're paying sure here's uh the stone from me and my friend and uh here's a gold coin to go with each of the stones oh well thank you so much kind sir uh, 
we'll have a, a fresh uh, bottle of mead for you when you get back. We definitely w- don't want to drink your mead. It's disgusting. <laughs> you, you, you still haven't, you haven't tried, but you haven't tried the mead yet. I, again, the, the end that just, they don't justify the means. So the, the yeah. ends don't justify don't the, the mead. mead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name Podcast of this episode. Over. <laughs> <laughs> That is absolutely 100% the episode title. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you again, ma'am, and we'll be... uh, Ma'am, did you just call that woman a man? Ma'am? Madam? It's okay, okay. you're not the first one to make that mistake. (laughs) Well, if you were a man, you'd be a beautiful man. Uh, But we're, we're on our way out, so thank you, and we'll see you in a couple of days, hopefully. Goodbye! Goodbye. <laughs> uh, we walk away. So what's the opposite of going to the police? Definitely not going to the police. <laughs> Ag- agreed. <laughs> what did Brago say that we should do first? Well, he gave us this dossier. I imagine there's some information in here that might be beneficial to preparing to enter the lair of this uh, magician. So we may want to study up. Yes, let's buy a bottle of mead and uh, study up. Indeed. Uh, Mercury, you have an expertise about the bars in this area. Where should we go to next? Cut to montage of us walking down streets and like me waving to like a bunch of seedy looking people. And uh, I, like I, I run into a muck man again. Yes. <laughs> I, I pay off a kid with like. You know, like a, a copper coin who then like comes back with like a handful of um, half eaten bread for all of us to chew on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like a rom com montage where we're all like getting along really well. I like point to Dare and I teach him about what it's like to take a shit on the side of the road. And I drip uh, into a puddle that is uh, not smelling good. I'm hiking up my cleric robes the whole time and just like tiptoeing through this disgusting street. And 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 I and I find a, a rat on a stick that's been cooked and I'm like, uh-huh, try it. And and I put like one in both of their mouths. <laughs> um and then and then we find ourselves at uh at, at the um um clamoring uh clam. claymore. Clam <laughs> the clamoring clam. The clamoring clam. There we go. Okay. <laughs> It is not. It is not a good looking place. So that montage, which was amazing, did not include like actually reading over the dossier or like learning anything. Oh, about we were your mission. on our. We were just finding a bar, weren't we? Yeah. So yeah. that montage took you like half a block down the street. It was, actually, like, it was a real time montage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh <Aww>. boy. <laughs> and now time for a reading montage. <laughs> yeah. So we go into the clamoring clam. And uh since I don't read, we have a dare read it to us as as like, you know, I, I'm sure on the dossier it's like a couple things to keep in mind where we need to go, <laughs> items we might need, um common pitfalls. So the dossier is not uh, not terribly long. Um, you know, Brago didn't want to put anything in it that, you know, could be incriminating if, if you guys lost it, you know, someone picked it up. But uh, a couple of things that, that do come up as you're reading it. Of course, you get the address um, for Pendriel's Manor. It's on Scholar's Hill. If you basically think like, like wherever, like, 
Jay Gatsby's house was. I don't know if that was like East Egg or West Egg, one of the eggs, or maybe like the modern day, like the Hamptons. It's in like the the place where rich people live in Axis. Um, so you can expect a pretty nice place. Uh, it also says that uh, Pendriel the Mage is on vacation skiing in the Rhymeclaw Mountains right now. So you can expect that he won't be at home. Okay. Um, it says Brago interviewed one of his staff members. And the staff member said that he's been acting super erratically lately. He's been staying up late at night. Oh, wow. That's very erratic. <laughs> Doing basically like wizard Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> been there. It also says Pendriel's invested a lot in uh, magical traps um, and protections and uh, magical guardians. Um, so you can expect the place to be. While Pendriel isn't actually there, you can expect the place to be still well protected. So the informant that he had... Is there a world where that informant is also aiding the situation so that it could make us infiltrating more simple, thus they get a cut, or is that not clear? Um, it's it's not clear. The The dossier says that the, the informant wanted to remain anonymous. You know, they didn't want to okay. jeopardize their, their own position in the household. Does the dossier include blueprints? Let's say it uh, includes not like architect's blueprints, but like a sketch of the place. Um, would Axis have a um, uh, hall of records that would actually maintain um, building plans for any building in the city? That seems boring, so I want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so similar question. Is there any uh, suggestion given as to like a good angle of attack? So it says that there's a main entry up in front. It's like where everyone who should be coming in and out goes in and out. It says you can expect other entryways to have like crazy magical runes and stuff to either be like excessively difficult to break into by by mundane means um, or like outwardly like outright hostile to you. A question for you, Mercury. Um, do you happen to know whereabouts we might find some um, individuals with with unique skill sets uh, when it comes to things like getting rid of traps or uh, picking locks. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot that you do that. I haven't seen you do that. Yet. Do, do you want to see? Is there a lock around here anybody wants picked? <laughs> I'll do it. I have one on my belt. Uh, really? Why? Because sometimes you got to keep your pants up with whatever you can find. We'll leave that for now. <laughs> um, uh, somebody, somebody shouts from the from the back of the bar. They go, "Hey, did somebody say they're good with locks?" <laughs> oh, no. been, yes, do you have one. I've been trying to get into this bathroom for ages. Oh, oh, so bad. Never mind. <laughs> what? I lied. All right, I'll use the ladies. All right. Anyone have any ideas? If we're going in the main entrance, do we want to have a story or a disguise? Or what are we thinking if we're going in the way without the runes? Well, I'm an excellent master of disguise. I don't know about the rest of you, but I could certainly pose as a uh, servant or house staff, prodigal daughter, you know, whatever we want to do. Honestly, this is not my expertise, so I'm going to have to let you all... I mean, I'll just barrel through there if given the chance. We're definitely not barreling, though we could put you in a barrel. That's not a bad idea. I could be so, the barrelman. You could I be, the, be bar the barrelman. And I could be the master brewer 
bringing this barrel of mead to the the cellars of this wealthy individual. He ordered this special mead oh months ago, and I didn't wasn't aware that he was gone when it was time to be uh, finished. Ah, I think I, I know where to get the mead. <laughs> well, we don't. We don't. I know mead. where to get it, and so. Uh, you see me run past the old lady's shop. <laughs> I, I wave at her and go get meads from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> While she's off to get mead, I want to go back to the old lady and say, hey, do you have an extra mead barrel <laughs> for us? Because <laughs> we don't need any mead. She says, oh, uh, well, for, for you, of course. You got any more of those shiny gold coins? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to be greedy, but and well, if you were another another question, if you were a brewmaster, how would you dress? If if I were a brewmaster, <laughs> what am I? Uh, chopped d- liver? Describe describe for us your your attire, and <laughs> and if they are typical. I don't I don't know why I need to describe it when you can see me right in front of you. <laughs> but uh, okay, uh, I'm I'm wearing a s- simple. Uh, woolen uh, kind of uh, jumpsuity thing with uh, with an apron over front, so I don't stain my clothes with any uh, brewing reagents. Would you? you have... ha- Go ahead. Do you happen to have any extras? Oh well, we we have some swag up in front. I can get you an <laughs> embroidered apron. Uh, would if I were to give you another gold coin, could you give it us an uh, empty barrel and your apron? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and- and what does the barrelman wear? Also an apron? Barrelman? Is that a job? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, the one who mans the barrel. Mans the barrel? What is <laughs> what, that? What is that? When you say mans a barrel, what are you thinking? Well, you know, you've got a, a barrel doesn't just, doesn't just spout legs and go from one place to the other, you know? you got to have the man so, to man it. So you mean the person who delivers the barrel? The Yes, the barrelman. What are we talking about? Sure, the barrelman. <laughs> well, I suppose the barrelman would, well, he'd certainly have a cart of some sort, something to tote the barrels around with. I'd like to round the corner with a cart from the muck man, and we're not <laughs> sure how I got it. <laughs> Is it still full of muck? Oh, yeah. If you got I got a gold- barrel. <laughs> Barrel holder. If you got another gold coin, I can demuck that for you. <laughs> Absolutely, I can. I couldn't handle any more muck today. Right. You do know what muck is, right? No. And oh, I'm it's not. shit. You're covered in shit. Do you happen to have a spare barrelman's uniform? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, barrelmen wear wear tall hats with feathers in them. <laughs> And uh, uh, see see through shirts and and shiny gold pants. Uh, I'd like to roll. Shit, for perception where are we gonna find that? Or insight? Is that insight? insight. That would be insight. <laughs> hmm. Ah, uh, that's a twenty. Hmm. Oh, you think she's probably pulling your leg? <laughs> I don't think it's actually a see-through shirt and a tall hat. I think you're okay dressed as you are. <sighs> but it's covered in muck. That actually leads to authenticity of a. Delivery barrelman instead of a non-delivery barrelman. Oh, yes. The delivery barrelmen do live a dangerous life. Uh, now that we have a demuck cart, a apron, a barrel, 
I think we're ready to to put Mercury in here and head off to the manor. Right now? I mean, you don't have I to go in I would actually like yet. to demuck myself. But then it doesn't, you, your muckingness is a barrelman authenticity, is it not? Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be an office barrelman who's, who's taking over his friend's shift for the day. It'll be fine. Ah, uh, okay. Where, where do you propose that you demuck yourself? I know of a hose. Follow me. <laughs> so surely there are baths in this town. Yes? Oh yeah, the hose. The bathhouse, you know, the house where you go to take a bath. Yes, there are hoses at the bathhouse. <laughs> On the bath hose. <laughs> the, ba- the bath hose. <laughs> the bath hose. Oh, the bath hose. <laughs> Perhaps if we walk in the general direction of that nicer part of town. So as we walk in that uh, direction of a nicer part of town, I procure um, mice on a stick and I put it in both of their mouths and I give um, a, a, a little another kid um, some some money and they return with someone's shoes. <laughs> and I um, I uh, I ran into a cleanser man doesn't really <laughs> help that much with the muck secret cleanser man fall into a clean puddle. It's like one of the guys that runs up and like sprays your windshield and like yeah. does, oh, yes. <laughs> does that, but it's just you. It just hoses squeaky. you down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good thing you're wearing uh, thieves leathers so you can get squeegeed. Yeah. What do we call that? Cleanser man? Yeah. Cleanser man. All right. They're now cleanser men in this world. <laughs> There's muckman, cleanserman, and barrelman. Barrelman. And ratman selling rats on sticks. As you head through the Silver District, And finally, to the entrance to Scholar's Hill, there are these huge, like, you know, like tourist attraction sized gates um, that separate Scholar's Hill from the rest of the city. And there's a few guards um, wearing the armor of the spell guard standing sentry. And they don't stop you um, or or harass you or anything as you're going past. But you do catch, um, catch a couple glares from them at first but then they they see you you know toting the barrel and kind of you know wave you on through without uh without really impeding you it's a good bit further of a walk to actually get to pendriel's manor um and it looks like once you get there um it appears that he's either some of the the household staff retainers guards something like that are, are standing guard out in front or he's like hired some private security people um to keep the place safe presumably while he's away all right. I say we just walk right in, explain that we are the, the, the mead maker and the barrelman, and that we're here to uh, deliver this high-quality barrel of mead. I start, like, knocking on, and me! I'm here, too! You're the mead. Mead doesn't speak. But I could if I wanted. Please, please, please don't. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go ahead and channel uh divinity to give me proficiency with deception okay yeah so you can see um from the street um the manor kind of has so there's like there's there's a long driveway that kind of goes up toward the manor and you can see on on either side there's like brick walls that are overgrown and in ivy and like colorful flowers looks very uh elegant and, and classy kind of you can see off in the distance, the driveway sort of splits off into like a big like circle, um, circular driveway, and the manor kind of sits um, at the very end of the driveway. Um, but right now, there's still a couple security guards between you and okay. the actual manor grounds. 
Well, Adair, I'm afraid that you're going to have to do the talking because I do believe the the mead maker is more likely to do the the primary business rather than the barrelman. Uh, hmm. I, I believe we may be able to work it such that I I know the making of the mead and the tasting thereof, but not necessarily the business and delivery side of things. We may be able to work it that way since you may have a better handle on <laughs> deception. I could tell them. I do. I could tell them what we're doing here. You're the mead. Mead doesn't talk. Please. Please. All right. Yes, I I, I do have a better handle on deception. I uh, went all the way through uh, to graduate level deception, really. So mm. you're dealing with an expert here. Let's go then. I start pushing the cart towards the uh, the mid entrance. And the security guards kind of, you know, step to, to block off the road. They eye you, Alicia, a little bit uncertainly. They, they, did you say they block our, our path? They, they kind of move to block. Um, it's not clear if they, you know, would, would step aside or not. All right. Well, I'm just going to keep on going. Kind of weird to maybe roll deception at this point. But I think, you know, just, yeah, just roll deception to see if you're, if you're really pulling off just a delivery <laughs> man. Both of us or just her? Uh, I think just her for now. Um, although, if you know, if you want to do something to pitch in, you, you can do a help action. Oh, I'll do a help action. By doing what? I don't know, uh, studying the barrel or looking like I'm uh, assessing the situation. I don't really know. Trying to fit into her lead of what we should be acting like. Can I be helpful so I by don't. not talking? You're <laughs> <laughs> very helpful. <laughs> so why don't we, this this might be a funny way to do it and probably unnecessarily complicating it. But Adair, why don't you roll deception to see if you can help um, Alicia's deception? <laughs> okay. Whoa, and I rolled a natural 20. Uh, it's a 22, then. So what? Uh, help means that I um So you have roll advantage. advantage of all the natural 20s to get. Okay, I'm going to spend a luck point. I took lucky. I, I guess we should say at this point um, that the uh, the party leveled up um, yeah. uh, at the end of the last mission. So everyone is now level four. Yes, which means that I basically have ultra advantage. <laughs> um, so you you can spend spend your luck points to like re-roll any roll something like yes, that, right? That's right. It, it, it gives well, it gives me an extra die. It basically just gives me advantage. Um, and there's some other stuff too, but in this case, it's just advantage, which didn't help me that much. Uh, but I roll fifteen total. I don't think you've given these guards any particular reason to be suspicious of you. So let's, let's say one of them, kind of kind of the youngest uh, of the three, um, is is the one that's kind of standing right in the middle. Um, and he kind of looks uncertainly to his elders, um, the other two guards, and, and they just sort of look back and, and shrug a little bit as you just continue to plow forward with the cart. Um, and eventually his determination seems to break and he just kind of steps aside and awkwardly waves you in toward the manor. Thank you, my good man. He just kind of goes, oh, yeah, have, have a nice day. We'll Your barrelman gamut worked. <laughs> <laughs> Gambit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you say Gambit or Gamut? I don't know. Do you hit that B? Yeah. Where do you hit that B? Barrelman? <laughs> yes. Anyway, I just had to bring that up because, you know, by this time when we'll have thousands of listeners, you know, you'll get listener emails if you say the wrong word. So better to just be on top of that. Bring it on. The Barrelman Gambit worked. (laughs) 
I will uh, uh, describe the uh, the manor a little bit for you. There's a stone tile driveway in front of the house, which splits into from where you are to form a large circle in front of the house. Uh, within that circle, uh, there's a pair of two statues standing in a tableau. And on the outside, so to either side of the statues, um, there's a, an elaborate fountain that's burbling pleasantly. Do I recognize the statues? Let's get to that in just a little bit. Right. Um, but knowing your ridiculous history <laughs> roles, probably. <laughs> At the end of the driveway stands Pendriel's Manor. The manor is two stories tall and manages to be impressive without being gaudy. It's the sort of place you're sure the magical elite gather to throw back perhaps one too many cocktails on a summer evening. A sturdy-looking wooden door on a columned porch is the only visible entryway. What is what is what does it look like around us in terms of guards and other people and If you want to look a little closer, you can roll perception or investigate, but on first glance it seems wonderfully tranquil and empty. Uh, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to gauge is whether we need to keep up the Barrowman gambit. Can the guards that we fooled still see us? Or is this a, a good place to stick it behind a bush? And Yeah, the guards really seem to be focusing on the street, um, on people coming in. Um, they don't really seem to be paying much attention to you. <clears throat> Adair, I think we can let her out of the mead barrel. Well, it's a bit exposed out here, don't you think? Mightn't it be better to get her out in the uh, cellar? Ugh. I'll expose I don't want to roll you. this. Yes, I don't want to roll this thing downstairs. Why don't we get it inside at least and right. see what sort of uh, servants are running about? And if we need to be continue to be sneaky at that point, we will. And if we can, you know, let her let our guard down at that point, then we can do that if we need to. Make sense? Sounds okay. Yes. Uh, is there is there a doorman that the barrowman must talk to or get past? No, the door seems to be unattended. Uh, so I'm just going to take a look at the entrance, given that it seems so easy to get in, just to make sure we're not heading into disaster. I rolled a natural 20, which is a 21, because perception is wisdom. Uh, you said natural 20, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so with a natural 20, you look at the door, and it's an extremely stout wooden door, and it's sort of got metal bands running around the outside to kind of reinforce it. There's decorative designs, um, you know, gold inlay, that kind of thing on the metal bands. There don't seem to be any traps per se securing the door. And it seems that it's, uh, it seems to be locked with a large-ish keyhole. With a natural 20, you take a look around after you look at the door and something catches your eye. You notice that one of the statues, um, the statue of the wizard, is uh, holding a large glass key. Hmm. Well, I had asked earlier if I recognized the statues, and I imagine that I'm looking in that direction as well. The the statue of the wizard, it's uh, it's a very like dignified, regal-looking wizard. In his right hand, he holds up a large glass key, and his left hand has an open book. I think, now this might sound crazy, but I can be very perceptive, and I think that that key will open this door. Can I get it? Can I grab it? Yeah, uh, still mead. <laughs> the guards could still po possibly see you. Better, better to stay hidden. I trust um, you, friends. <laughs> does the does the key look like it weighs more or less than ten pounds? Uh, the key looks pretty heavy, probably more okay. than ten pounds. And how tall is the statue? Um, maybe nine feet. 
Well, I guess we can try and climb. You mean I, I have grapple? I have grapple. Grapple isn't <laughs> for climbing. I don't know what it means. All right. Well, someone uh, keep an eye out and make. I guess make sure no one's looking, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I go over and try to climb the statue. Um, why don't you roll athletics for it? Um, it won't be too difficult. That's an eighteen. Yeah. Uh, so with an eighteen, you scramble right up the statue, and you're able to uh, retrieve this this large glass key and um, bring it down to ground level. Well, unless anybody uh, stops me, I'm just going to go ahead and try to put it in the keyhole. Yeah. Um, so you you take the the large glass key and you walk up to the to the front door, and probably even before you get you know anywhere near it, um, maybe you know as soon as you actually hold the key, you realize it's it's way too big to you know fit inside the keyhole. I take a look at the key and I try to determine is it, if it's magical and if so, like what what the effects of that magic might be. Is that is, are you using an Arcana check? Yeah, uh, that would be a thirteen. You don't get any, you know, kind of kind of magically pings uh, from the key itself. Um, but as you are as you are kind of uh, you know putting your magic feelers out, you do get some some magical pings um, from those fountains. That you saw earlier. I guess I uh, start then paying attention to the fountains and um, looking closer at them, trying to figure out what's going on over there. I so know we had it. an agreement to dare, but I'm letting her out of the barrel. I think she's starting to suffocate. No, that's okay. That's fine. I'm not good at this puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, open the barrel. <laughs> And you're just asleep in there? Yeah, because you guys don't need me. Well, there might uh, be a feat of strength. Yeah, there might be. We'll, we'll wake you up if we need you. <laughs> what? Um, so, Dara, you said you wanted to look at the fountains. Uh-huh. Um, so, so imagine we're looking at the house from, like, the street. Um, mm-hmm. Are you looking at the fountain on the left or the right? Uh, did, the, did my magical spidey senses tingle equally to both? Sure. Then I will look at the one that was on the same side as the statue holding the key. Okay. You take a look at the, uh, the fountain up close and it's very well crafted. I mean, this thing probably cost a fortune to get created and installed, but perhaps more interestingly, uh, so you see some script, uh, around the spout, um, looks like it's in Elvish. It says, may you not perceive your troubles as larger than they are. Hmm. Well, then I guess I go over to the other fountain and see if that has anything to say to me. Um, so similarly, this one has uh, has some script uh, in Elven around the water spout. Um, but this one says, May you be strong to weather troubles and malleable so as not to break under them. Hmm. I know that the key looks a little too big, but what if we were to just try it anyway? For some reason, I'm thinking that the troubles being bigger than they are may be the key, but it's not actually bigger and you push it a little bit and it'll flex to fit into the hole. Maybe is what the flexible thing means. Strength I don't know. Why don't we try word? it? Yeah. Just try and shove it. And maybe it'll, instead of breaking, like you'd expect glass to do, it'll fit right in there. I don't know. Well, this has gotten oddly phallic, but uh, let's, let's revive uh, Mercury and see what's about to happen. So I revive, I pat you on the head. <laughs> yeah. Do we get it? We need you to try to shove this into the keyhole. Okay. I, I uh, clamber out of the, uh, well, not clamber, what's the word? Clamber. Clamber. You gotta hit out that of, 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Out of the barrel. Out of the barrel during our gambit. I grab the keeb and I push it into the door. So you grab the, the key and you, you try to shove it in. And improbable as it may seem, it doesn't fit. Uh, it just kind of, you know, bumps up against the keyhole and just kind of like, you know, glass scraping up against metal. I throw it on the ground in, in anger. You throw it on the ground and it, uh, it, it cracks a little bit. Uh-oh. All right. Adair, you said that there was some magic emanating from those fountains. So there, there may be more to it than the words. True. Why don't I go back and look at the fountains and see if I can't figure that out? And why don't we try this the simple way while I'm doing that? And maybe you pick the lock, see if it works. Oh, you remembered. Fantastic. <laughs> you reminded me enough times today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll try picking a lock. Yeah, so roll a dex check and add your proficiency bonus. That's a 10. So, Lisa, you were in lockpicking 209. Um, <laughs> you, were, you were a very apt pupil. Um, you were good at picking locks. You know, we've seen this earlier in the adventure. But for whatever reason, this is a fancy high-end lock, you know, made by some obscure gnomish tinker. Like, it doesn't seem to have the same tumblers and, and whatever the, the bits that slide up and down are. It just seems to be like a totally different structure than you're used to. And and you can't make heads nor tails of it. Okay. Uh, all right. I'd like to um, investigate the uh, fountain a little closer to see if there's more than just the words, whether the magic has anything to do with anything. or. Uh, why don't you tell me how you're, how you're interacting with the fountain? Um, uh, and so, wait, and which, one, which one are we looking at? I'm going back to the may the objects in the mirror be smaller than they appear one. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm running my hands over it. I'm... Um, uh, taking a handful of the water and kind of, I don't know, listening to it with my magic ears. Uh, I'm so as you as you put your hand in the water um, to to pull some of it out, um, you notice that something. Uh, your hand starts to feel a little funny, and when you take it out, you swear your hand has shrunk just the tiniest bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Alicia, would you bring me that key? All right, stay here. Be mead. I'll be right back. And I, I bring the key to him. Yeah, but throw it in the water if you would. I throw it in the water. And so it makes a splash in the water and, and sinks down to the bottom. And you see, sure enough, uh, after a second or two, the key starts to shrink. And eventually it goes from large statue size to like normal key sized. Was the, is little key size the, the size we're looking for? Uh, yeah, you can take it out when it's about the right size for the lock. Right, yes. That's when I take it out. Great. Um, yeah, you grab it out. Yeah, and you now have a key-sized glass key. I imagine the water from the other one is going to be important in some way. All right, I'll go sit in it. <laughs> uh, while you're off to sit in it, if you take this key with you. to you take the key. Wait, why do you want me to open it? Just, just don't think about it. We're just just take the key and sit in the water and play with the key. Wait, do you want me to open the door or sit in the water? Sit in the water, or just okay. put the key in the water. If you want to sit in it, feel free, but just put the key in it at least. If you wait, would. wait, okay, fine, okay, I'll go do that. I'll go do both. I go sit in the water and dip the key in. 
this will be one of the stranger questions I've I've asked as a as a DM. Um, but what are you wearing on your butt? <laughs> well, as we established earlier, in that area, there's a lock that's keeping my pants up, and uh, I do have. Uh, <laughs> mismatched armor uh, on different sides of my legs that are like coming like coming up to my butt. So like I have like you know I have like pants that have that are covered by armor. Are the are the bits of armor? Is it leather armor? No, there's like a steel piece of armor, and then like there's one that's like leather and steel. A couple of things happen when you sit in the fountain. Um, so that metal lock that's holding up your pants uh, turns to glass, oh. and uh, so do those metal bits of armor that are covering up your butt also turn so to glass. So you can see through. Oh, so we can see your butt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's the only thing you're wearing, have, if there's no, like, trousers underneath. I have leather trousers underneath, okay. but, that, okay. but, but, yeah. So, yeah, so the, <laughs> thankfully. Um, thankfully, the excuse me? Well, I don't know. As the omniscient DM, I don't have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'll just say neutrally, the leather is unaffected. Correct. Got but it. The metal bits do turn to glass. Okay, great. So she went um, from the key, low level heavier room. Uh, the key, which was glass, um, turns into wax. So now you have a key sized key made of wax. Y- you guys, look, I made a candle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is that the key? Yeah. What are we supposed to do with a wax key? I mean, I have a lot of this stuff in my ear, so maybe pick out things out of my ear with it. That was, no, that makes no. What, that doesn't make that, sense. That's backwards. Okay, wait. Is it ass backwards? Look at. Is it glass backwards? Do you see uh, glass? Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go stick it in the hole. <laughs> wait, no. Yes. I go stick it in the hole. Yeah. Okay, so now that the key is the right size and it's no longer made of glass. It sort of like squishes into the hole. Um, it definitely fits in, but you don't seem to be able to like exert, you know, if you, if you like twist it to the right, the wax just sort of deforms. It doesn't actually turn the lock. What if we put it back in the other water again? What did the word say? Oh, on which fountain? On the um, the one that turned the thing into wax. Uh, it says, may you be strong to weather troubles and malleable so as not to break under them. Hmm. There's also... Um, not to like, not to nudge you in this direction. Um, but there's also a, there, there's another statue um, that you haven't looked at. Oh, well, okay. It it appears as though we're missing something. I think the key was being held by a guy who was reading a book. Maybe the book has something to say. Uh, I feel like we're taking way too long to do this. Uh, Mercury, can I just should I just like knock the door down? Uh, you want to try? That that, sure. would, that would attract a lot of attention. Oh no. Why do, uh, so so tell me what you're doing. Well, if she stops me, I might have to trust my friend, but I was thinking about like going in to knock the door with my, my arm. You tell you me know. if you want to try that. <laughs> I'll do it. Let's see. We're here now. Uh, sure. Stop. Um, so just, just roll a d20 and add your strength modifier. 15. So you, yeah, you mightily crash into the door um, and it makes a terrific racket and the door doesn't seem to have budged, um, but you think you might have. You probably bruised your shoulder pretty bad. Uh, that's not going to work. Okay, look at that statue then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, I go to try and see if the book that was in the hands of the key statue has anything. Yeah, so you take a look at the book, um, and it does have some characters um, 
it's like stone. So it's kind of like, you know, the Statue of Liberty. So it's not like actually like dense script. It's just a couple of uh, a couple of words on it. Maybe it's not useful to you at this point, uh, but it does say on it, uh, change is the key. There, But you said there is another, like a whole other statue. Yep. Right? Kind of standing, facing uh, the wizard statue. Um, there's a statue of a wyvern. I think that's like a dragon, but with no like forearms. Huh. Um, and it's sort of perched, like as if it's hissing, um, kind of as if it's been like rebuked um, or rebuffed by the wizard. Alicia, are you are you examining the statue? Yeah, I'll examine the statue. Just kind of look around for anything weird. Um, so you do notice one pretty weird thing about it. Um, you notice that uh, it seems like the uh, the statue's mouth is articulated. Like you can make oh. it to open and close. Can I actually move it with my hands? Mm-hmm. Like it'll, it'll, it'll just open in response to my hands. Uh, yeah, so you can you know, okay. clamp the jaw and open it and close it. Well, let's put the key in here. Why not? Uh, can I do an arcana check to see if it's magical? That sure. mouth? Yeah. Yep. Well, it's uh, it's 13 again. You don't get any magical pings from the mouth. I don't know if it'll do anything, but we've tried everything else. Go for it. Then let's take it and put it in the mouth and see what happens. Yeah, so you take the wax key um, and you put it in the mouth. Just kind of tell me what you're doing with it. I'm putting it into the mouth and shutting the mouth. So you do that. And you can feel the wax sort of squishing and deforming as you close the mouth on it. Oh, no. Um, and as you open it back up, you see uh, that there's now kind of an imprint on the wax key. The weird part is it looks like there's like the shape of a smaller key pressed into the end of the wax key. Okay. So Does it so look like, is... like something I could take off of it or is it just sort of like a indentation? Um, you probably could if you were like if you were careful with like a dagger, you could probably carve it out. But but right now it's just kind of um like the wax is mostly flat. Mm-hmm. But there's like well now you see if if you look at the mouth, you can see there's like a little mold with like the shape of okay. you know the teeth of a key. Um and that's sort of pressed into the end of the wax key. Should we try and put this back in the in the glass fountain to see if it'll turn it into something else? That's what I was thinking, since it changed her metal into glass. It changed our glass into wax. Maybe it'll change wax into metal. Let's try it out. And so we put it in the fountain again. Yeah. So you plunge the the wax. I'd like to sit the... back into the fountain with it <laughs> as the <laughs> wax Great. underwear. So um, so predictably, uh, the the wax key with the like the the small imprint of the key on the end um, uh, changes into metal. Um, and mercury, your your glassy armor and glassy lock, change into wax. Did <laughs> 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 uh, you really not expect that? No. I'd like I to do- stand up and then sit back down in hopes of everything turning back to metal. <laughs> but does, now yeah, the so, lock is just yeah, a so little bit deformed and it'll never come off. <laughs> No. Um, was I was I clear? Are you are you clear on my description of like of what's going on with the wax key? Well, so what I'm to me what I'm picturing is like a little key at the end of a big key, and it doesn't necessarily need to be snapped off to go into the hole, but or doesn't so, actually. Yeah. So so off. it's not quite that. It's more like let's see. Imagine that you have like like a flat thing that has like a little tiny mold in the middle, and so you like you squished it down. So there's like a flat sheet of wax. And then just in the middle, there's like the teeth of like a smaller key. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, all right, here's an idea. If I were to take 
a, a, a knife that I have on me, mm-hmm. turn that into wax, press it against this mold, then turn it into metal. Then it will be a pressed uh, key that comes from the pressing of this mold, right? Since it's not a mold and not an actually key, think that would work? No, I think it's. I think that you're picturing it wrong. It's like the key is not a mold that's indented into the wax. It's a like a little three D finger sticking out of the wax a little bit. So, do we need to turn it back into wax? Chop it off, then turn it back into metal, and then grow it in the growing fountain. You can try it. <laughs> uh, we try right, that. So, yeah, we try that. that. That's a lot of steps. So. Uh, turn it into wax again, chop it off, uh, turn it into metal, make it big and see if that fits the keyhole. So, yeah. So, uh, so how are you, how are you chopping it off? Just cutting uh, it out carefully. Okay. So you're cutting out around the teeth and yeah. probably leaving a little bit so that you can turn it. Yeah. yeah. So you do that. So you, so you carve the small key out of the larger wax key, the tip you, Let's see, you said you transmute it to metal next. Mm-hmm. So now you have a large key with kind of like a small key teeth at the end. You said you toss it into the other fountain. It, uh-huh. And when you throw it into the fountain, you kind of watch as it, you watch as it shrinks. Oh, no. <laughs> it shrinks down to the size of like a small key. So, you know, one might think, you know, roughly the right, roughly the size that like, you know, a key of this size would fit in the mold. But once it reaches that small size, it starts to reverse and starts to expand back out. And so it expands back out again to the size of a normal key. So what it was before. And then it continues to expand back up to the size of that giant, you know, the size that it was initially, the giant glass key. Okay. So, so now you have a very large metal key with, you know, a normal sized key on the end. All right. Let's try it. Let's try putting this in the door, shall we? Mercury, do you think you can carry this? <laughs> Is it heavy? Yeah. It okay. was more than 10 pounds when it was, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but my arm uh, hurts really bad for what I did with the door. So let's And whose fault is that? Yours. <laughs> um, is anyone going to help with the, uh, with the key? Sure. Mercury, go ahead and make a strength check um, with uh, with help, with advantage. Not a natural 20, but a 20. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't get much better than that. Or a 19, so. Okay, yeah. So with the power of teamwork, you lug this extremely heavy key over to the keyhole. And you all have your hands on it. And you turn it uh, to the right. Uh, and the door clicks open. And we uh, drop the key and the end breaks off and the lock is broken forever. <laughs> the door unlocks with a satisfying click. And it swings open to reveal an ornate foyer. A plush, dark red carpet runs down the middle of the hall, leading to a pair of grand stairways that curve to the left and right, leading to the second floor. On either side of the carpet are a number of stands that seem to have until recently supported suits of armor. You can see the suits of armor with weapons clutched in their gauntlet fists are scattered around on the floor. Your skins crackle with latent arcane energy. You can tell that a battle took place here recently. Uh, it looks like Pendriel hasn't made much effort to conceal his most prized possession. He can see straight ahead of you, uh, kind of below and behind the stairway. There's a set of double doors that are wide open. 
and behind them is a den of some sort. And you can see in the middle, there's a stone plinth with a glass case on top. And inside of that case is something that could only be the Orb of Enigmas. I'll go. See you guys. It's right, it's right there. It's right in front of us. I'd like to take a step towards getting it. Dare, Alicia? Yeah, I think I kind of uh, just sort of freeze and wait to see what happens. Um, so Mercury, you enter the den and approach the, the plinth with the, the orb on top of it. It's kind of glowing gold and you can see a little like shifting runes and characters on it. Here goes nothing. I use my unbruised arm to reach out for it. I mean, it's in a glass case. Oh, sorry. You're right. I'd like to uh, butt up my metal hip against it and see if I can break the glass. Um, why don't you roll another strength check? <laughs> 15. You try to break the glass case with your hip, um, but the glass is just like, it's either it's way too thick or it's magically reinforced, um, but you don't really seem to have any effect. However, as soon as you try to do that, you hear from the front door, from the doors at the top of the stairs, from each of the doors off the main foyer, you hear portcullises slam down, barring any exit. Um, oh, so she's separated from us. No, 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 no. So it's sort of like creating a space, um, the, the, the foyer and the, and the den. From somewhere in the den, you hear, you hear a voice emanate, um, and it goes, A dare, McConifer, you old codger! You and your little whelps will never escape. That's our dun dun dun. Wow. Okay. Cudgeon, is there a bee in Cudgeon? Codger. 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 Well, that's another one for the books. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. If you want to get a hold of us, hit us up on social media. You can probably find that in the show notes. Social medias. We do social media. We're not dumbies. dumbies. I, I'm a dumbie. I don't do it. I don't exist. You can't find me. If we right. do do social media, doesn't that make us the dumbies? Mm, depending on mm, who you talk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for an excellent uh, episode, D. Thanks so much for an ep excellent episode, J. Thanks for an excellent episode, G. Thanks for an excellent episode, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>